Teachers can change lives with just the right markers and challenges. Hello and welcome back to an extra special episode of BBS on Break. I'm your host, Nicole from JC10. And I'm your co-host, Megan from Secretary Grace. We have two teachers with us today. Please say hi and introduce yourselves. My name is Pugan. Um, in short for Pugadishwari I'm a teacher from the English Language and Humanities Department. And nice to meet all of you. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Ms. Krishna and uh, I'm from Science Department and um, I teach Biology for Sec 3 Accelerated and uh, JC2s. And uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me for this podcast and uh, nice to meet you all. Thank you. It's nice to meet you guys too. So for the first question, uh, what's your experience like being a teacher in BBS? Um, my experience being a teacher in BBS when I first came to BBS, um, I, uh, I was not a teacher. I was visiting Mr. Gopi. Mr. Gopi was a teacher. I was uh, on his uh, first year of teaching in BBS Peak. So um, I came here for a vacation and I saw the school. Then um, I really liked the school. I liked the environment. And then when I started teaching the students, I feel like very well-behaved kids. because, um, And I find all the students were like, very attentive, very kind, very sweet. And um, it was a bit challenging in the beginning because, of course, into to a new country where you don't even know anyone here and then you're here with your two kids, you're pretty much lost. <laughs> like you need to find accommodation, you have to make sure that you have everything done. It's just not for you, but for your kids. So it was quite challenging. But when it comes to the school, um, the our BBS is like, the teachers are very welcoming and the students are too. What happened was, um, so I was teaching for a month in the primary uh, uh, school, uh, secondary, uh, primary one. And then um, then the, uh, the principal from the secondary asked me to join back the secondary. Actually, I am a secondary teacher, but uh, because I came in in the middle of the term, so they placed me in second primary first and then I came to secondary. I really enjoyed teaching primary school for a month. Mm. Uh, then, of course, our teachers, as, our students as well, in the, I was teaching secondary one, two, sec four as well. That's all. <laughs> That's That was my impression. Miss Krishna, how about you? Uh, for me, it's, um, as a teacher, it's not a new journey for me because uh, right after my student career, I started teaching because, uh, I don't know, somehow, uh, for me, teaching is like an inherent inherent trait, probably, because being a biology teacher, I have to use those words. But I joined BBS this year. Uh, so far, it's uh, pretty interesting, fascinating, because uh, uh, I met some good people and I uh, was able to make some good friends. Uh, the best part was my students, because... Uh, uh, you know, uh, bonding, actually, it's not just meeting, it's bonding with my new students and uh, making a good relationship and gaining their confidence and then, you know, taking forward the life. It's really interesting. So far, it's very interesting. But yes, it's very hectic also, because uh, one thing I realized in BBS is it's very hectic. Uh, it's both for teachers as well as for students. But um, 
I think that's good in one way because it makes us more competitive and keeps us more busy also so that, you know, we don't have to think about uh, anything unnecessary. So, so far, my life with BBS is very interesting and fascinating. That's what I can say it in two words. So um, after hearing how your experience is uh, teaching in BBS, I was just wondering, how long have you been working in BBS? Uh, as far as me, this is my first academic year in BBS. Uh, but as a teacher, this is my uh, 14th year. But uh, in BBS, this is my first academic year. Oh, I see. 14th year? Yes, I've been teaching you from past 14 years. <laughs> oh my God, that's really long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started teaching uh, when I was just 21, you know, I just finished my college and I started teaching. So probably that's the reason why I've been into teaching from very, very, very long, you know. <laughs> I can see. Ms. Bugan, what about you? Um, I've been, I think I've been in BBS for the last five academic years from 2017, 18. 18, 19, <laughs> 19, 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, yeah, five years, including this year, going, so um, since I came in the middle of um, term, I probably four and a half years, I have been teaching approximately for 15 years now. <laughs> <laughs> you have one who's very experienced than me. <laughs> <laughs> one year, yes. <laughs> I've been teaching for about 15 years. Um, first, I will. I started with um, uh, secondary school students. My uh, my thesis was on reading disability and uh, learning disability. So when I got my first posting, I I, I was teaching second English as a second language to a group of students from uh, the from uh, a, a suburban area in Slango in in, in uh, sorry what do we call that. Uh, in Slango, yeah. So uh, Slango is in Malaysia, yeah, one of the states. So um, I got to meet a lot of students uh, who refuse to learn the language because they do not, it's for them, it's not even second language, third language. Their first language is uh, not even Bahasa Malaysia, it's actually Javanese. Um, so I had a very difficult time, but um, I had the most meaningful uh, experience there because the children tend to be very loving and attentive, you know. So I really enjoyed my teaching experience there. Then I went on to teach in a university, a, a um, college university. I was teaching students from China, Korea, Nigeria. So I was also teaching IELTS, uh, English as a second language. And then um, we also have intensive classes where we help to, uh, it's like crash course. So can you imagine we get the students like for about three months and within the three months you have to have IELTS six minimum for them to pass the uh to for them to pass the IELTS and sit and uh, and join the um degree course so basically that's the requirement for universities you have to have IELTS minimum six uh point uh six band six for you to actually enter universities or enroll in the program not even graduate as enrolling yeah graduating will be a different marker yeah so I was there for about one and a half years. Then I started teaching in a government's uh, polytechnic. I was there for 
So I was teaching there for about eight years. Eight with about eight and eight and a half years. Then I joined BBS. So when Polytechnic, I was actually an English teacher. So we teach the um, uh, English as um, uh, we have level four, level level one, level two, level four. So what do we do uh, in these classes that we teach them um, English for specific purposes? So I was my I have students who are like uh, in the uh, we I have uh, fashion students, uh, students hospitality and uh, culinary students. I have engineering students, electric and mechanical engineering students, and I have uh, GRK, VGPH, and also, yeah, basically those are the four, one, four departments that we have. So basically in this, um, uh, what do you call that? In this, uh, I teach in, uh, English language in this faculty, so we teach them how to communicate in their field, like uh, the terms and the and the reports that they write for engineers, what type of reports that they write, um, language that they use, the jargons, the terms, things like that. And then um, I was also involved in the debate um, uh, community where uh, I was uh, coaching the students to uh, and we started, joined a lot of competitions, debating competition. And then we, from Asian parliamentary, we went into British parliamentary. So basically we spent a lot of time there uh, debating and as well. Then I came to BBS and then I'm teaching mm. Uh, lower secondary and upper secondary. So I used to teach lower secondary and upper secondary more towards the lower secondary. Now I'm teaching more upper secondary. So basically, I uh, I can teach um sec two, the sec one, sec two, um sec three and all all subjects, but uh, English subjects. Yeah, but I am not very familiar with literature. Not very familiar. I feel that um literature needs a lot of reading, which I feel that I'm not confident yet just yet. Um, so. Now I'm currently teaching sec teaching secondary two, secondary four, JC one and JC two. So I'm teaching both graduating levels. So that's about it. <laughs> yes. So yeah, my my experience. Uh, I I am not that experienced as Miss Morgan is because uh, she has been teaching all <laughs> you know from uh, right from the graduation level until sequence. But yes. Uh, uh, I've been teaching uh, biology for uh, grade 9 and 10 um, uh, for almost like uh, uh, 11 years I taught and in between um, uh, maybe around uh, three years uh, I worked as an assistant professor also where um, I've been teaching microbiology and biotechnology for uh, graduate students that is uh, the ones who do their um, three years of graduation after their 12th so I've been teaching uh, three years I taught them microbiology and biotechnology uh, but somehow uh, after being a teacher and becoming an assistant professor uh, I felt like there's something uh, bits and pieces are missing in between the that's I'm not able to bond with my uh, you know students uh, probably you know nurture them and groom them beyond the academics so it became like a monotonous job for me where I go I teach them I give them lab activities and then I get detached from them so I wanted that something beyond that so that uh, it pulled me back to schooling again so I came back again as a teacher uh, and then I worked as a principal for almost four years so although I was a teacher so I was working as a teacher for grade nine and 10 bio, but I also worked as a principal 
uh, for Indian National Curriculum School. And then uh, I also worked with Ministry of Education Maldives. And uh, uh, I worked as a uh, 10th grade teacher as well as uh, 11th and 12th. And there we were teaching something different curriculum. We were teaching the UK-based uh, Pearson Ed Excel program for 11th and 12th biology. So I taught there for almost three years. I worked there. And then here I am in BBS for this academic year, that is in 2022. I joined BBS again. I mean, uh, as a new teacher, a new journey. So um, what is your favorite thing about being a teacher? And what is your least favorite thing? Uh, the most favorite thing being a teacher is, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the best part is like, uh, when they start, uh, you know, believing us and when we start gaining their confidence and uh, they look at us with that, uh, uh, you know, trust and integrity that, yes, my teacher can help me in this subject. I think that's the best part because uh, they know that that when they reach us out, we are going to be there for them, uh, not just for subject, uh, for any personal issues also. Then they start, you know, opening up for us and they they start asking us for help. I think that's the best part you know because um uh, after all teaching teacher is uh, not just a teacher for me so uh it's something like you know uh being with them emotionally uh, and uh, mentally also so the when we are able to be with the students i think that's the best part about being a teacher because we are with our students emotionally mentally and when they turn back and see uh they always take us that oh yes, she's there for me or he's there for me so that I can share all my issues or all my problems, not just subject everything. So that's the best part being a teacher. And uh, yeah, the the thing which I, which for me is not like, uh, it's not like I don't like or it's frustrating or, or disappointing, but which scares me the most is, uh, you know, uh, students not able to, uh, kind of cope up and then uh, with the subject or with the with the act with the life at all and uh, uh, try to get deviated and uh, you know kind of being anti-socialistic that really scares me actually because uh, that's the reason why I, when I when I you know changed my uh, profession from assistant professor to teacher uh, again when I came back uh, that was one reason that uh, when we are with students at that levels we can nurture them and groom them and we are able to handhold them. So that scares me the most. So that's, re that's you know, which takes them to negative thoughts. So that scares me the most, uh, you know, as a, as a teacher. I actually agree, Miss uh, Krishna. To me, that is also one of my biggest fears as a teacher. You know, um, for me, it's when, because uh, it's mine is more of language, right? For me, yeah. I, my fear is my students, uh, they lose conf confidence and they... Uh, stop speaking out or they don't actually uh, project themselves that's my biggest fear and then they always have this um, I'm just worried that they have this thought that they're not good enough or they're not smart enough which it actually scares me because uh, I've seen what it can do to adults because so um, so I was teaching you know when I was teaching in polytechnic I get uh, I did manage to teach a group of students who are special needs yeah meaning that they have uh they can't speak and they can't hear mute and um the deaf and mute yeah so basically um uh, they are actually extremely sensitive 
However, uh, when I, but whenever, but the thing is that they are very sensitive to our emotions. But when it comes to their group, yeah, when it, it, our emotions and it, when they communicate with us, they are very, uh, uh, they are not carefree. They are very careful. But when I see them with the, the other students, they are, they tend to be very, you know, expressive and they are very animated, you know. It's like, and it's quite interesting to me that why do they have this kind of, uh, um, you know, change of uh, mood when they look at, for, uh, when they talk to us and they talk to their friends who have the same ability as them. And it is actually because of the confidence. Yeah. Um, and then when they grow up, they always feel they have to compensate for that. So even now, I mean, like we don't talk about students who have uh, uh, abilities like um, what they call special needs. Yeah, but just like any normal child, you know, they have like uh, a confidence level. Yeah, and then what scares me as well, like what Miss uh, uh, what they call, uh, what Miss Krishna has said is that I am afraid that I could not help my students enough. So my own my biggest fear is that. When I notice some changes in my students, like uh, can it can be their behavior, their emotions, the the way they present themselves, when I get to know things about them, my least uh favorite thing is that I cannot do much about that. <laughs> I cannot help them. That that actually really makes me okay. feel so frustrated and sad. Because number one, I'm not qualified. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. But as a teacher, I can only offer as that much of support. So it really, uh, for me, that's the least, the thing that I really, really don't like. That I cannot go beyond for my students because there are a lot of restrictions. The fact yeah, that I'm actually country, a, a, you know, certain specialized subject teachers, we have our own limitations, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. So then, yeah. Yes, me sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Please carry on because that's that's where you know, as a teachers, we feel little handicapped also that uh, probably we have to uh, do some psychology also so that you know we can go beyond the subject and then help our I, students. I agree. I agree. <laughs> that's why I was taking up probably for my masters. I want to take up, uh, you know, I did take up educational psychology. Probably something else, but the thing thing is that being able to do it on paper but i don't think doing it doing it on paper uh, is something different and taking it to the student and doing it all together as a new you know in a new role as a counselor is a different one i totally agree with you <laughs> yeah and, and that's not only that i i also feel the limitation comes to the time the amount of time that we spend with the students like um i get to spend 8 hours um sorry 4 hours in a week with the class and then i have 20 students and then um and I have four different levels. So for me, and then it's one of my classes, like 28 students. And then I personally know some of them. And then some of them, I do notice the differences, like uh, how the way they are behaving and usually the mood change, mood swing. But the thing is, we do not have the time. Yes. As sounds, it's actually it, it, it like, oh, it's the, the time issue again. Actually, we do not actually have the time to actually go and, uh, uh, you know, identify each and every one of the students. It's just that, you know, sometimes it happens like um, 
when I was, uh, you know, some if just say a student joins a competition where I'm the teacher and I get to sit with the child in the bus and then I get to listen to some of the, you know, when they actually share their thoughts, you know, churuhat session, churahan hati, yeah. So basically when they say something like uh, they express themselves, that's the time that I can give advice. And sometimes they confide in me things that I feel that, oh, it should be like followed up. And then I do try my best to follow up with them, but... The thing is that the frequency and the amount of time I spend with them, I feel that it's not enough because generally I am also a teacher, English teacher there and I have responsibilities. But that's the thing, I really don't like this aspect. So maybe, I don't know. But then again, we do have a lot of constraints. There's also a lot of uh, legal issues actually, Miss. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely that... agree with you, Miss Bogan. When you say time constraint, probably... It might be sound. Uh, it might be sounding little uh, abnormal to know uh, to the people who are hearing. But being on the same page with you, I absolutely agree with you when you say the time constraint because uh, we are traveling in the same boat. So I know how uh, you know hectic our schedules are. That's the reason why I said uh, it's hectic uh, because um, it's just not about uh, classes. The amount of paperwork what we do and the amount of time what we spend beyond academics. So. It's not that, you know, really feasible for us to pick every student and then sit with the student, maybe 15 to 20 minutes a day or probably every student. It's not really not that easy also because we have our own, you know, subjects also to be taken care of. Yeah, that's the thing, Miss. But then again, then we also have certain restrictions. We also have to understand the legal part of it. And then we are not qualified in to even like even if you're a counselor, you are not qualified to give certain feedback about certain students like some students will really have you know you have to be really qualified like a psychologist yeah you need to be a clinical psychologist to give yes so that's the thing so my worry is of course you know to frankly speaking we are from different uh we are working here and then we're from different countries we have different rules so the thing is that um of course that all that limitation is always there that's the thing that uh that 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 does definitely does not actually um, affect me, meaning that I do not like. Oh, I'm scared of the law. I'm scared I make a mistake. That's why I'm not helping a student or whatever. Not well. It's not for me. But it you know for me, I am willing to go all out for the students. But how would it impact other people? That it's a bit different. You know, sometimes it's very difficult to, uh, to how to say it. Yeah, a lot of things involved. Like, yeah. So the yeah. best way to help is like for me. Uh, whenever students have problems, they can just come and talk to me. You just need, sometimes you don't, they don't need you to solve their problems. Yeah, they just Some, want a ven- ventilating yes. point. That's all they want, yes. you know, because I because, have a few students who just want to, you know, me to hear what they say. That's all. They don't want me to suggest or they don't want me to uh, go something, you know, out of the box and then think for their problems. They only, yes, they tell the me very clearly, means just listen and then forget it. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the thing. I, yeah, so I, I keep telling them actually, fine, I'll be your ventilating point. Please ventilate and then you can just forget that you told me and I will forget what I have listened. So, because many of the times a student wants somebody uh, whom they believe and so that they can confide things so that, you know, we don't take it to the next level, but we hear them and we pay attention, kind of, you know, probably a shoulder to lean upon. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that, Miss. That you just yeah. want somebody to listen because most of their problems is not something that we can solve. 
exactly like, exactly uh, and then most of the problems are not their problems they are yeah, problems exactly. of people exactly. around them you know then uh, that's the thing and that also brings me to a point where I have to tell myself that I'm not here to solve the problem but I'm mm. here for the child and to listen to the child and just probably just tell them that if you need me, I'm here anytime. That's all. That's so, all. That's yeah. All. That's, all. That's, all. that's all. Yes, exactly. That's the thing. And the thing that I really, really love, my favorite part of being a teacher, is that when I get to really help a student or really make an impact to that student is, is when I feel my life is like really rewarding. How it's like, my, I mean, my teaching experience, yeah. The thing is that Sometimes I did. Uh, you would not even realize what uh the things that you say how it will impact your students. So it's just that I really like. Um, I have a student who actually wrote back to me, and said that she uh this is my poly student now. She's actually a teacher now, and she said that Miss Pugan, I'm a teacher now. Oh, that's very good. She said I I became a teacher because I was inspired. You know, and then I said, "Oh, that's very good." I'm like, "I'm very proud. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful because, but it's all your hard work." And she said that, "Miss, can you do you remember that that um I was failing my English and then use uh my subjects and you said that uh, you I I can do better and then you helped me and then I like okay I can do it and it started from there and now she's actually a language teacher an English language teacher so uh-huh. it's like the thing is that extremely that's the rewarding. favorite extremely yeah that's rewarding. the favorite part. The favorite part yeah. is that, and then the most rewarding part or the experience is just not about the academic results. So for me, I always tell my students, if you are the best, then okay, that's really good. But if you don't win something, it's fine with me. Because um, when I take my students even for competitions for me, I always tell them, do your best. Because for me, my philosophy in life is as well is that you cannot control the things around you. There's so many things in life that you cannot control. You know, you can be the best. You can do your best. You think you would have won them for the first place, but it would have been just for the from the perspective of the judge. You might not have been the first place, a first place candidate. You might have been the second. So you might have done your best. The thing is that in life, you should just do your best. Do your best. Work your hardest, and then be always not to say you can be accepting. But don't be compliant, meaning that everything will happen to you, even bad or good. You're just like, oh, that's my life. No, what, what I meant is that just do your best. And then if it happens, it happens. Because I always believe this and I always say this, say this is that what I say is that you do your best, God will find a way to reward you. So it's not in the way, maybe you did not get the reward in the way that you want to, wanted it, but probably God will reward you in other ways. Maybe you will have a better car in the future, <laughs> or you might you might have the cat or the dog that you like. You never know. <laughs> you never know what they're yeah, right? going to so, be. Yeah, yeah. Just, for me, as a teacher, uh, it's not about the academics. It's just about if my students can actually take away something from me as a person, or uh, or and most of the time, uh, and and I mean like, and, and then they. If I can make a even a small change, or if I can be of a benefit to them in any way, I am really, really, really glad. And most importantly, I have learned so much from my students. Honestly, I am. I learned a lot of things from my students. I learned to be positive from my students. I learned to look at my students. You know, some of them 
the things that I've gone through and I reflect back on my life and I'm like, oh, I went, I'm, I went through the same thing that they're going through. And then I am very lucky in the sense that, you know, I have my grandmother with me and these kids have their auntie with them or just say it's like somebody is there for them. So, and I always feel like, okay, as a mom, I shouldn't be this, you know, as a mom, I have to change because my children are growing and I see when my students get frustrated and tell me things, I'm like, okay, note to self, don't do this to your kids. <laughs> but then again, I still end I, up... I absolutely agree, you know, this one thing which uh, changed me, um, you know, being a teacher, uh, mm -hmm. trust me when I say this, uh, I am. I have seen parents, uh, you know, basically helicopter parents, like, you know, they behave as if, you know, like they are the ones who are going to write the exam and they want their kids to score and they want their kids to, you know, be, a, you know, the, the, that creamy layer of, uh, you know, achievers kind of. And uh, I have seen students how much they are pressurized uh, because of that helicopter parenting and, uh, this one actually changed me as a mother. Really, really, it changed me as a mother. Uh, that when I see my students, how pressurized they are, and I keep telling them. Most many times, I tell them, it's okay not to score. It's okay not to you know be on the creamy layer, but it's not okay to accept that you you are not fit for anything. You are you are fit for something, and you are able to you know achieve something, but you just have to have that patience and search in yourself what are you worth for and what is your worth uh, it's okay if your parents says that I only want academics but trust me when I say this changed me as a mother now I don't tell my son that I want you to score 100 out of 100 I only tell my son do your best and come out even if it is three out of ten it doesn't matter because for that day that was your best probably maybe next day you might give better but I, that's what I learned from my students not to be a helicopter parent actually because <laughs> the amount of pressure what they handled I wouldn't have had if I was there in their place literally miss if I was there in their place I wouldn't have handled I would have broken down but the kids didn't break down and they really hold it themselves I, that is something which I really appreciate about those kids who are under helicopter parents actually <laughs> you know so that changed me as a mother literally <laughs> Okay, thank you, Miss. Megan, yeah. you have another question for us? What is the most, um, I could say, foolish thing a student has ever done that you have to give a yellow form for? Uh, you mean to say academic or non-academic? Oh, it could be anything, honestly. Uh, academic, <laughs> uh, there was, uh, not in BBS, but my experience, um, I was teaching this grade 10 students, uh, you know, like uh, in um, Maldives. And um, there was a question uh, in grade uh, 10 paper, uh, that's uh, mock exams before they go for their board exams. I gave them, um, discuss the formation of uh, urine. Okay. And uh, discuss in detail how the urine is formed. <laughs> the student was so foolish, actually. Uh, he has written, please refer to page number 141 in textbook. So, I mean, the student was able to remember the textbook number, but not the answer was something really very foolish and kind of, you know, surprising to me. Uh, I just wrote my, you know, remark there that 
if I can see the text, but why are you sitting in the examination and writing this on the exam paper? But something really, really very foolish for me because if that student can remember the textbook now page numbers, he can remember the answers in a better way, right? So that was something very foolish incident of my 14 years. I find it to be really foolish. Oh, mine. Uh, yellow form. <laughs> Why did I give a yellow form? Ah. <laughs> so the student, so the student for me, it was like uh, this MDM related. Like, yeah? mm -hmm. So, you know, I have all the data. So the student, actually, if you delete your MDM, I will know. So the student actually had, uh, you know, whenever you install MDM, I give you the sticker, right? So apparently the student forgot that uh, the sticker was placed within the, <laughs> what we call that, the, the cover of the iPad. So the student said, um, no, I didn't install my MDM. Um, I've never been, it has never been installed. So I was like, okay, I'll check the system. Then I was like checking the system and I was like, hey, this guy already registered. Supposedly they should have this in the system, right? And then it's like, no, never, never. I have never, it has never been installed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, installed. If you have installed, you would have given me the sticker. I mean, the barcode. I said, you are too awful. Like, did I miss out the name? Would it be like not input, right? Because it was a hectic time here, the first two, three weeks here. And slowly I was like, <clears throat> I went like, uh, okay, I'm fine. Then I was like, uh, that coincidentally, I saw something jutting out of the side of the, the casing. Right? I opened up the barcode was there. So I was like, hey, what is this? Then I asked the student, are you sure uh, that you never have never been, it has never been installed? Never. Are you sure or not? Because I have your sticker here. I mean, then I'm like, oh, no, miss. It's a, it has never been installed on this iPad, but it was actually installed in another iPad. <laughs> so I was like, are you sure? Then I said, yeah. And then I went and compared the both of the iPads. It's actually not. He, he actually removed it. And then I was like, really? Are you sure? Then he was like, yeah, sorry, miss. I thought I can, you know, I can get into the MDM installed again without punishment. So actually, I didn't have any intention to give him a yellow form, but I gave him the D. <laughs> I have no intention. I have no intention. You would have just told me, Miss, I have not installed my MDM. Can you please install for me? I would have just done, oh, Miss, I accidentally deleted. I have so many cases. I accidentally deleted the app. Okay, I will like, it's okay lah. I will, I will install it back for you. It's not a problem. Don't worry. No, even if they accept it, that means I deleted it knowingly also, we will accept it. Okay, it's okay. Mistake, yeah. you are accepting it, so we will install it. But arguing that it is not being installed and then caught, yes, obviously they would be getting yellow the, form. The best part is the, the students say, actually, I knew that I'm going to get caught, but I just tried my luck. How are you? <laughs> so for that, I wanted to give him another yellow form, but cannot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny um, things. Yeah, funny, 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 pretty funny things. <laughs> yeah, petty, petty and funny. <laughs> um, so as we heard about your experience about cheating and like stupid yellow form given, um, <laughs> if you could give your past self as a new teacher some advices and tips, what would you tell them? Mine, don't get emotional. You cannot help everybody and everything is not your fault. So basically, I blame myself for everything that happened. Just say, um, if I am not able to finish when I was a new, I mean, I was teaching. Um, if I cannot finish a chapter or a, or a, or a chapter or maybe a workbook, I get so frustrated. It's like, oh, I'm not doing something wrong. Secondly, when my students don't listen to me, I get so stressed. 
And my, when my students don't do well, I blame myself. And, and I always feel that I have to be rough and tough and I have to be the mean looking teacher for the students to listen to me. Actually not. The, uh, the student actually find me, my students listen to me more when I am mm. just like, you know, relaxed and talking to them and all that. Now I am, I don't know, I have a nickname, BBS Mommy. So basically <laughs> I have like, that's my nickname now. So it's like, I, it's just that maybe after becoming a mother, I've changed. But when I was younger, it's like, take it easy. Don't be so stressed, you know. It's like, you know, when you are so, uh, when you're just, a, you just graduated, you have a lot of theories and information in your brain. You want to do wonders. You want to change the whole world. And then when you go to school, your student don't even want to complete one sentence of homework. In fact, we feel so stressed. It's just my, the younger self is that chill, relax. You cannot change. You cannot do everything. You know, you need to fall to learn to walk. So now I'm running. I don't know. And I hope that I don't run too fast because life is too short for me to you know, run too fast and not enjoy it. Well, uh, yeah, life is too short for us to run and then fall down. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, if at all you ask me, uh, what would be a suggestion I give to new teachers or the teachers who, you know, who want or the kids or the ones who aspire to be teacher, uh, I would actually say, don't expect from your students that they, you know, they are like, uh, when you enter into the class, oh, they come with this 50% knowledge or 40% knowledge. So I start with this uh, don't expect them that uh, they know something and you will be starting with something else that is above their levels. Uh, expect that they come with zero knowledge or with zero, uh, you know, uh, thing and they come as blank papers. So you have to start from the scratch. That's one thing I always tell the teacher, uh, you know, I always remember when I am entering into a class and I always uh, want to tell the, the the aspiring teachers also don't expect from the students that they're going to come with certain amount of knowledge or skills um, because not everybody are on the same page or on the same levels every child is unique and understand them as they are that's one thing and uh, second thing is have empathy towards them not sympathy because they don't want our sympathies they want our empathies that is they want our care and concern and uh, as a teacher, you are just not going to teach them the subject. You're going to mold them, nurture them and groom them. And trust me, there would be one or two kids or maybe if you are really interested in uh, you know, bonding with students, you would be having more than that who will look at you after 10 years also and still they feel that, oh, I can turn back to my teacher and I can look at my teacher and just ask for something, ask for a suggestion. You will have those type of students. So bond with them, groom them, nurture them, mould them. That's something which uh, you have. we have to do, not as subject teachers, but as a human beings, uh, especially being a mother, I know how important it is. So that's uh, two. Have empathy towards your students. That's number two. And uh, very, very most important thing for me is be progressive yeah uh, let's not put our negativities onto students or let's not carry the negative vibes to them be let's be very progressive when we are uh, approaching them 
let's not lose our temper or let's not uh, care. Yes, we are human beings. We get influenced by our moods and we get influenced. Not all the days are the same, but still when we enter into the classroom, um, we need to be progressive and uh, let's not put all our angers and frustrations or let's not carry that into the classroom because that reflects in the student's performance also not in the academic performance i'm talking as an overall performance as an individual when we are carrying negativity they usually give us back the same amount of negativity so those are the three things which i would say don't expect from your student that he or she is going to carry something and uh, have empathy towards the student that's one thing and the third thing is be progressive <laughs> that's that's something which I really, those three things are the ones which I really look for, or I really give it to the upcoming teachers. After hearing um, lots of experience with students and all, how do you guys would like describe your way of teaching? Usually I always go in with my lesson plan. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would just think of all the things that I want to teach. What drives and, is the syllabus. Yes, but at the same time, I do also have backup. If you if you were in my class, you will know that um I will just go into class and I will look at the students. This is like you know because we do have reading time and we do also have vocab time, right? So I I'm I usually have a lot of activities, but this time when I go see my students, they're like they're looking at me like they are so zombified and <laughs> they look so like they're, they're so staring true. into my soul <laughs> and I'm staring back at them into like. <laughs> They are, they are into oblivion. They cannot like, they, in oblivion. they do not know what's happening. I'm like, oh my God, poor kids. And I'm like, okay, so what's happening, Miss? We have like two tests today. And we just had our test. How are you feeling? Um, not good. We just felt like our soul left our bodies. I was like, okay, fine. So, you know, I, I was like, just recently happened. So I was supposed to teach narrative. Like I already have all the uh, materials prepared. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's change. Let's do something else, something which is not so demanding where you are, you need to like feel more stressed. Like writing, of course, writing, you have to think about the story, you have to write. I mean, like if you are literally having, I had, you had two tests and you're still like worried about the last question that you did wrong in your previous test. You are not going to think straight for your narrative. So uh, the kind of teacher I am is that I have plans. I go into the class, but I'm so random sometimes being, if my HOD hears about it, she's be like, she'll be like, why? What are you trying to do, lady? Why teach your classes properly? So it's just that I'm not teaching my classes. It's just that I am following the syllabus. I, I And the best part is my students actually catch up. And then, then they, we do manage to cover everything. It's just that you will just need that one day where you'll be like, never mind. What do you all want? What happened to you all? What do you all need? So I'm that kind of teacher. So basically, I do have plans. I do teach accordingly. But I am so random sometimes that... um. Uh, one of my trait is I am flexible and I always give choices to my students. So if it's like, if you want this, do this. And then if you, do you want this or that? You still have to do both, but uh, you know, it's just one later than the other. So that's how I actually manage my kids and the classroom. Ms. Krishna, how about you? Yeah, uh, for me, if you ask me what type of teacher or if you want me to put it in one word, I would say... Uh, I'm a constructive teacher, basically. That means I believe in constructive, uh, you know, way of doing things. That is, uh, yeah, 
go with the flow of the student for sure. Uh, of course, although we are driven by the syllabus and we are driven by these pressures of, you know, examinations, but at, uh, we do want to, you know, complete the syllabus. But I take a modest operandi where I don't want to just, you know, go with the syllabus or just complete the syllabus. Doing the lesson in a very constructive way where, you know, students start discussing with me. So those are the two things which I make sure that I go with a constructive way and uh, discussions. Most of the, usually that's how my classroom is. That is 99%. There is always 1% deviation where... If they're not really interested to do anything and if they are overwhelmed by all these, you know, things uh, going on in the school and going on in their lives, they just want to, you know, spend time and just want to, uh, you know, just want to talk or just want to discuss about a, a subject related, but not in the syllabus. Uh, I would actually, I love them because it kind of gives me a chance to uh, bring them back again for the next class, you know, bring them back to the, you know, again to the subject. So there were instances where even I did it with JC2s also where one or two times where uh, they just don't want to uh, discuss anything related to the uh, textbook, but they want to discuss something of related to the subject because they were pretty overwhelmed that they had uh, almost like three exams on that day. So I said, fine, we'll discuss about something related to the subject, but not related to the textbook. So that's how I am. I am one, probably I am little flexible, but I am always, uh, if you describe me, constructivistic uh, classroom and uh, discussion oriented classrooms. I always love to have those two words in my classroom. That's me. Okay. <laughs> the next, next so, question, Nikon. Yes. Okay. Um, so we all know that FYE is coming and I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of students are stressed especially because the SAC 4s are also having their prelims right now. Uh, are you guys as stressed out as us, like, during the exam periods? You know what? <laughs> uh, I don't believe in this word stress, yeah, first of all, because we are not stressed. Probably we are having hectic days that's all we have we have hectic days where we need to do many things there are some days where we don't have to do many things there are some days we do many things but uh, being a teacher I think we know how to manage the things because that's what you know makes us totally different from the other you know professions we know how to manage things I mean this is my personal opinion so if you ask me we are not stressed. Yes, I am not stressed for sure. But yes, I do feel hectic. I do feel hectic that, yes, I need to do these many things. I need to, you know, mark the papers, put into the mark, you know, uh, you know, give it to the students and then take their impressions and then change the marks or add the marks, delete the marks and then put it into AIS, make the question papers. Yes, it's a hectic schedule. And the ones who get less marks, we need to protect their psychology also. That's also where the, you know, we need to console them. We need to make sure that their morale is boosted again. We need to make sure that they are not demoralized. And yes, we do all these things, but I don't think so. We feel stressed. We only feel hectic. That's what is my impression, my personal opinion. What's up, Ms. Pugan? Um, for me, uh, FYE, yes. I think I am as stressed as, as worried as the students as they are. I think, uh, you know, when I have the prelims was come to us uh, for sec four, you know, when they had the, they were had not this having the prelims right, like previous uh 
for my JC also when they were having good news. I'd be like having extra classes. I'd be like, I'm bugging. I will be bugging them during the holidays. I'd be like, Oi, come for my classes. Come for my classes. Please come. So I will send a recording. I mean, like, do this, do this, this. So this time around, uh, so two of my students, they did not actually, uh, out of uh, how many how many students did I have? Like, uh, I have like 28. I had like only a few. And I'm like, I was like, I was stressed for them. And then like, uh, and I do find chill students, they're very stressed. Uh, this is also probably because we have to actually give them the credit like, uh, and also the efforts that they have placed in the transition process from HPL to creative resource management <laughs> to FYE, <laughs> where you don't have any resources to manage. It's just everything in your brain. I'm not saying you guys, all of you cheated yet. No, I'm not saying that. You were managing resources. How? Okay. Um, at least you guys have like more time when you're at home to do revision and things like that, right? That's one. And the other thing is that you guys are like, uh, you know, students were like, um, you had less traveling time, so you have more time to study. And then uh, we also made some adjustment in the MYE sub syllabus and subjects and I mean the questions, right? The paper at the time. So that actually helped you. Now, the moment you move from that to uh, like strict exam, uh, uh, IGCSE standard exam, mm -hmm. it definitely, you know, makes you feel stressed out. So marking is also a stressful thing. Oh my God, you guys should see your handwriting. Some of you, not all of you. And in, I'm not talking about language, okay? Language. Yeah, it's not about the language. It's about the how legitimate they write, actually. So true. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's my personal opinion that I, that I don't get stressed out so easily. But yes, it is, you know, for many teachers, it is pretty stressing situation because need to do too many things in a very short span of time so obviously it is you know for many teachers it is pretty stressing probably uh, I am you know I, I just train my brains so that you know I don't get it I don't get really stressed out that's my personal thing actually I I, I feel hectic that's the only thing actually okay so um after hearing like uh, all your experiences and I guess we can tell that you guys are very dedicated as teachers <laughs> do you guys have any advice for us, like students, uh, advice, uh, as in academic or non-academic or personal life, it can be both. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, not every day is uh same, uh, Megan, because uh, you know, this generation actually is very intelligent, and you guys are more, uh, you know, capable and more calibered. And uh, compared to, yes, compared to our generation, you guys are more capable and caliber. Uh, probably the whole difference, uh, where where lies the whole difference is maybe more intelligent and more caliber, but uh, little always on the shaky grounds. Um, if you, you get shaked very easily, you know. So that's the reason why I say not every day is same. Uh, every day is a dynamic day. And uh, everybody's life is unique and dynamic in the in its own way. So aim for better, aim for you know bigger things, but make sure that you also realize where are your strengths and uh, what you are worth of, 
and you're not just worth of uh, you know uh, a little money or a little cell phone or a little uh, ipad your life is really really worth of so stay strong that's very important and um, also stay calm say stay strong and stay calm and uh, manage the things and when you are feeling overwhelmed reach out for the help yeah this generation should be the you know they have to remember this one reach out for the help when you feel overwhelmed and not everyone is good with everything know your worth and find find and search and find where you are good at and what you are good at and then go for it even if you're not standing in the place first place even if you're not on the you know first place podium it doesn't matter but you keep trying for that and don't lose your calm and don't lose your coolness that's fine i think and most importantly eat well and sleep well and take care of your health that is very important because as generations are becoming very intelligent we are becoming very weak in health that's also there so eat well sleep well and uh, you know take care of your health don't overdo things those are the i think those are the suggestions i have given too many i think i'm sorry i have given too many suggestions don't overdo the things don't overthink stay calm and stay cool eat healthy and eat well and sleep well that's the thing most important is for me is that be confident yeah. um <clears throat> for me confidence is a i feel that our we something that we all have to work on work you know honestly uh, as um my problem is as a child uh, i will share a little bit um i didn't have many friends i didn't i didn't, I didn't even talk to many people mm. until i was in secondary 1 literally i was like a you know a wallflower basically <laughs> i was actually a you know nobody um i can be you can just miss me in the crowd i'm that kind of a person so i don't open my mouth for anything because number one i never have the confidence i always feel i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough i'm not uh you know i'm not worthy i i always have this uh always had this little uh you know the little uh this doubt in me that which grew bigger and bigger and bigger at one point of time in my life until i felt that it consumed me and at that time uh the thing that saved me was actually my studies and also um you know i like to cook uh, and actually i was not very good at cooking but i like to eat uh, basically so i like to cook i like to ask my grandmother to cook for me and i will look at her cooking and then i think the, the person who saved me was my grandmother so my piece of advice is that you will always be in a position in life where you feel that you are not good enough you're not worthy whatever you do goes wrong and but then again you have to understand it's not just you just 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 accept things as it is and then just you know just move on it's like um be strong okay and then always have that one person that you can go back to it can be a friend it can be a teacher it can be a family member the person that actually who really cares and love you they usually tends tend to be the savior okay so why am i saying this that this is that our, our bps students here honestly guys you guys are extremely talented, you know, very smart, 
and uh, you are in a way that uh, of course don't talk about family problems or other problems you know family dynamics friends and all that that is that is something that is like if it's family problem you are not the problem and it's not your problem it's the problem that you are involved i mean like other people's problem that become your problem so yeah. just for you you just treat yourself as somebody that you cannot solve everybody's problem right so for me i feel our students they just have to have that confidence be smart you know they are very talented you're very smart and just that Every single thing that you do, do not look into it like, okay, I think I'm going to be the best. Oh, I think I can get number one for this. That's why I'm going to join this competition. I am going to, maybe I can, um, maybe I can do better in this competition. So I'll join in this competition. So don't think it that way. Join for the experience, join for the fun. You can have, and then, um, you know, some of you, uh, don't meet your friends and suddenly you meet your friends. You feel so happy, you know, you go out and, you know, have fun and all that. But there are certain things that it's beyond your age where you don't have to go through those experiences now. It's like, it can be like, you know, having, going out karaoke with your friends, but, you know, maybe going out drinking with your friends. It may seem to be something like everyone is doing, but this is not your time yet. So it's just that some of you are overconfident, some of you are not confident. Some of you, you feel that you want to have some form of fulfillment and achievement, but what you are doing is different from what you are capable of and what you should do. That you will always have a time or a, a, a time in your life where you get to experience and explore different different phases of your life and you know in the environment and society. So for now, you guys are children in a way, you enjoy being teenagers. I know you can have crushes, you talk about your crush, you know, you talk about the cute guy in your class, have fun, like fun, innocent uh, chats like that. But yeah, I feel that sometimes children overcompensate, like what I do as well. So if you can see me the way I do things, I always overcompensate. I always feel sorry. I feel that uh, whatever I do is not good enough. And I always apologize to people. And I always try to do uh please people in the sense like um I try to compensate and I over tend to overcompensate. Then that's probably the childhood trauma that I have, right? So and I do know that students, you do have some form of trauma. It might not be the same as mine. You just that you need to be chopped. And then these are some things, some things honestly, it's your your you that's how you need to deal with it you you want the moment that you realize that it's not a problem it's something that you can uh, you can overcome it's something that you can make it into your strength and then then it's when you will blossom it's just that probably in that time you will struggle you know just a sincere advice just don't give up just be confident absolutely okay that's it absolutely i agree Okay, so um, unfortunately, we would have to wrap the episode right now because it's getting a little bit too long. <laughs> okay, so, Megan, no problem. <laughs> so uh, we just wanted to wish um, a thank you for being here, uh, dedicating your time to this. Yeah, thank you guys for your time and like, 
uh, elaborating more on your experiences. I think I have to thank you all because um, you actually this is something which uh, uh, you may not be expecting, but I just joined I just joined BBS this year and uh, I'm still able, you know trying to uh, know my colleagues and. Um, uh, thank you for putting one of my colleagues into this because I got to know a lot about her and uh, thank you for uh, giving that opportunity. Probably I wouldn't have got this time to converse and to discuss with her in the school because we are always very busy. So thank you for putting me with a colleague and uh, so that, you know, I could know much better about her. And uh, thank you for inviting me, basically. So, you know, trusting me that I am worth of this one. So thank you for this one. Thank you, Prefectorial Board. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, I'm sorry if we, I I uh, what do you call uh, extended some of my uh, you know my thoughts. No, Miss Pogan, actually, I'm happy <laughs> that you spoke to me. You know, you spoke all these because uh, now I know you much better than what I actually know you. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, um, and I also appreciate your work here. I I read some of your work. I'm like. It's pretty interesting. Actually, I'm following you, your mm -hmm. podcast. So uh, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. And I hope that uh, uh, our podcast today, you know, whatever I said, it's not boring or it's not, uh, it, yeah. it might just, you know, uh, you have, you guys have fun listening to it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for paying attention and thank you so much for the time and energies you have spent on us. Thank you. Okay, so uh, thank you once again for coming. Uh, for the listeners, see you next time. And yes. Doctor's Exemplo. Bye. Bye. Bye thank Take you. Care. Bye. Thank Have a nice you, time. Bye. Everybody. Take care, guys. Thank Take you care. So much.